Welcome to the Used Guys in That Podcast. I am your host, Jay Colo, joined by my fellow hosts, Chris G., Randall, and Angel, who is now known as Comrade Angel, the executive producer and show commissar. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash usedguyspod. Email us at info at usedguyspod.com and usedguysinthat at gmail.com. You can check out our awesome website if you guys are curious about raising awareness about boating accidents while ha- handling firearms. We have just the gear for you, long sleeve, short sleeve, black, white, and we have mugs and stickers. Please check us out, useguyspod.com. We also have a resource page up along with recommended reading. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at useguyspod. Today, we welcome a friend of the host and podcast who himself is a podcaster, writer, and musician, Joe Fizz. And on Twitter, he is at the Fizz Speaks. Joe, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, and if anybody's Ugh. curious, the uh, the music that we have for our intro and outro is from Mr. Joe Fizz. He's the one who put that together for the show, so we are eternally grateful for uh, Joe's contribution to the intro and outro. So, Joe, um, we got the, the topic today we're talking about is chemtrails, uh, and I cannot fucking wait to get into it. So what do we have? Dude, I don't even know where to begin. I It's so... It's so over and out of the wall. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, so basically, I don't even know where to, and that's the problem. I don't know where to begin. The reason why I got interested in it is because actually of Prince, uh, the musician formerly known is known. I don't even know anymore as Prince. <clears throat> What's interesting is that Prince has had like a really weird, um, kind of like kind of weird policy or like at least political views in his life. But what's interesting about it is, is that for whatever reason he talks about chemtrails. Now it could be like in a song um, there. I forget what song specifically, but there are songs where Prince will talk about chemtrails. And what's interesting was, was that right around the time that he um, passed away, he like spoke out about um, chemtrails. And so, okay, what, what does this matter? Why is this relevant? Well, after he spoke out about chemtrails, there's this conspiracy theory where the reason why um, Prince died, uh, or the, in, the, in which the reason why he died is because he spoke out about them. Uh, one of the reasons that people point to for this is because of the fact that he died in an elevator 
and there is a reference to the lyric. I have to look it up. Uh, da, 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 elevator. He died in the elevator. Um, basically, yeah, he died in the elevator, and um, basically, um, because he died in the elevator. Um, oh, I found it here. It's Prince sang about chemtrails in Dreamer from his 2003 album Lotus Flower. Um, and basically, because he spoke out about them, they, they he died in the elevator. And that references to one of his songs off of a Purple Rain album where he's talking about how they're going up in the elevator or whatever. Uh, the lyrics specifically, while the helicopter circles and the theory's getting deep, think they're spraying chemicals over the city while we sleep. From now on, I'm staying awake, so you can call me a dreamer to wake up, wake up. And that is from the website Vocative. Um, so I personally, I was like, well, this is kind of cool. Let me dig into it and see what this is all about. And let me tell you, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. But um, basically, what people think about chemtrails is that um, it can be anything from mind control to just general like weather control um, done by the government. So uh, the reason why they're putting chemtrails, contrails technically is what they're called, but the reason why they're putting these con chemtrails in the sky is because they want to control the human population uh, for whatever reason. And most people um, who say that this is a thing are you know quoting the fact that they can taste and smell the contrails um they uh so this one person in this bbc article says quote i can't sleep when the air is that co or concentrated with this fallout it causes me physical symptoms i taste and smell it it burns my sinuses causes inflammation rises in blood pressure stomach issues and headaches um in addition to this, um, the scientists actively say, hey, this is not true. While as people who believe this are coming back and saying again from the BBC article on the subject, quote, I had my soil tested. I had my hair tested. Uh, one of this, this woman says who believes in it. I was toxic in aluminum, barium, strontium, arsenic, manganese. And I live very healthily. She says her dog had been poisoned by a radioactive material. Um, so this, this really provides an interesting uh, overall insight. Um, people have been studying it for a minute. Uh, the Ohio State University, um, in an article from 2019, uh, has insight into chemtrails where people believe Again, that the government has like a hidden agenda and they are using these con, also known as chemtrails, to mind control the population. Uh, and this kind of ties into, I guess, what's going on is like the quote unquote like woke phenomenon where like people believe that, you know, there's this alter ego kind of thing or this like deep state government and they are essentially buying into this thought that, you know, there is this like greater cosmic knowing or whatever, kind of in the way that Prince was talking about in his song, um, where he's, I guess, being awake, uh, or anything like to wake up, wake up, 
And most normal people wouldn't even know the difference. They're just kind of going day by day and, you know, kind of dealing with it as it is. But like, for example, Beck was just referring to the contrails as like, oh, they're kind of cool that they're crossing, you know, the sky. But um, part of the reason why, uh, again, going back to the BBC, why this became so prominent is because of this um, individual who was reading on the Internet and came across where apparently this 10-year-old was saying, I wish the sky was more blue. These contrails are messing it up. And then it just kind of started this snowball effect where the, these people started to believe this. And it's grown on social media, too. Um, again, there were statements that from this individual who runs Bye Bye Blue Sky, which is... Um, a con chemtrail um, group that actively believes that it is a thing. Uh, yeah, there's again, quoting the BBC 5,000 fellow believers. And then um, another individual on a Facebook group called chemtrails global Skywatch apparently has more than 114,000 members. Um, so it just kind of varies in size and nature. And it really kind of got started with um, this recent, I said recent in air quotes, this recent, um, I guess, internet trend. But, you know, most people are saying this didn't start until like the 80s with like the Cold War and stuff like that. But also they, debunk they debunked that, uh, the BBC did, because there's literally a picture from the Battle of Britain in 1940 with, uh, contrails in the sky from British and German aircraft photographed 18 September 1940 from the website IWM, which is a UK-based uh, group. So that's kind of my spiel. And it was another thing that kind of started this rolling, too, with regards to Prince, is that in his last Instagram message or on his on his photo that he posted... It said, just when you thought you were safe, dot, dot, dot. And that's the last thing he ever posted. So that, that was what kind of got started rolling for me, where I was like, this is actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it's delved into this greater thing. So I, that's what I found. What, what all did you find? Well, here's the thing. There's, no matter how big the pile of shit is, there's usually, like, a corn kernel of truth in the big pile of poop. And here's the thing, like, you know, once again, uh, AJ's going to rear his ugly head on this show, Mr. Alex Jones. Uh, he had talked about this, I guess, with other people that he had on his show in the past. And this is something that actually is true, and it's from Business Insider. So um, I'll go through a little bit of the article. Once again, these all this stuff will be in our show notes if you want to check it out after the show, uh, after you listen to the show or while you listen to it, just to follow up. And we always put everything up on the show notes. Um, this is from Business Insider, and the title of the article is China Spent Millions on Shady Projects to Control the Weather Ahead of the Beijing Olympics. Okay, mm -hmm. so it says the project is part of a larger campaign of so-called weather modification techniques that the country has been using since at least 2008, which they claim to have cleared the skies for the Beijing Olympics by forcing the rain to come early. 
China is far mm-hmm. from the only nation to try, only nation trying to stop the rain. At least 52 countries, including the United States, have current weather modification programs. Ten more countries than five years ago, according to the World Meteorological Asso- uh, Organization. It all started in the 1940s when a pair of scientists from General Electric Company were experimenting with the with using supercooled clouds to stimulate the growth of ice crystals while hiking Mount Washington. The mountain, located in New Hampshire, is often called the stormiest mountain in the world, and it's considered a prime spot for cold weather testing. After a series of experiments there in New York and in New York, the two researchers managed to make it rain using silver iodine bullets. They got a patent for their technique referred to as cloud seeding in 1948. A few decades later, the United States military brought uh, cloud seeding to the battlefield between 1967 and 1972. During the Vietnam War, it spent roughly $3 million each year on weather modification campaigns designed to draw out the monsoon season and create muddy, difficult conditions for enemy fighters. One campaign involved an attempt to flood the Ho Chi Minh Trail, the main route that the enemy fighters were using to to deliver their supplies. So uh, this article goes on, and once again, that'll be in the show notes. So once th- there's a modicum of truth to this, and the thing is, is I don't know how far it goes. Now, do we have anything from pilots who have ever, you know, gone, you know, and gone and told what, you know, was loaded onto their airplanes? Because what we're supposed to be seeing is the condensation, right? That's what we're seeing in mm-hmm. contrails, correct? That's what we're told. Yeah. Okay. Um. I haven't seen anything to the effect of that. Um, I'm sure there is. I just, I didn't really focus on that. I was more focused on like, and I'm, I'm really glad you brought up the weather stuff too. Cause that was something that um, last podcast on the left talked about was um, that it had been in use before that people have, um, you know, that different governments have tried to modify the weather, including China with um, the Beijing Olympics. Well, you know, again, if if they can modify, like the, now going back into the '40s, where you're able to use silver iodine and put it in the air and change weather, that's that's a weather modification weapon, or at least a weather modification device, right? I mean, we can at least call it that. But the idea that um, biological agents that are sprayed at high altitude um, from for top secret reasons, I don't know if it's DARPA or HARP. Well, HARP is different. HARP deals with something, but I guess it would be DARPA. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the ones that remain visible for a long time that are really high in the atmosphere, the ones that make people a little bit crazy that think that, uh, listen, I, I mean, if we're going to, let's take it from a base level, let's say. And I don't know, we'll throw this out to the group and see what people think. But at the minimum, you're you're having some like you're you're flying at thirty two thousand feet at six hundred miles an hour, and you're using jet fuel to propel this mm-hmm. aircraft in the sky at that speed, and it's obviously going to have exhaust that comes out. Now, not all mm-hmm. of that is going to be water vapor, right? You're going to have exhaust from the fuel burnoff, right? I mean, that's just combustion, yeah. okay. So just like a car, you're going to put some of that garbage into the air. Now, put now I'm. Obviously, I'm not a scientist of any kind, but I can I can tell you that if you do it over time long enough, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of negative effect on the environment uh, for year after mm-hmm. year after year of putting these chemicals in the air. And maybe there's a difference that can be made depending on what part of the atmosphere it gets introduced into. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know what else you guys have heard about this. Of course, 
you know, we've heard about population control, for example, that you're actually putting garbage in the air to make sure that people become sterile, that, uh, you know, a lot of this also ties back to real events because they used Agent Orange was deployed via aircraft in Vietnam. That was to get rid of the foliage, correct? That was to clear foliage so that you could, so that the, the United States could see the enemy a lot better and they couldn't hide in the canopy jungle, correct? Uh, something like that, yeah. Okay. So and it's very bad for you. Like, so many people got cancer. Correct. And there were birth defects associated with it. Correct. And that this is documented. This is not a conspiracy theory. That actually happened. So mm-hmm. for that, you know, it's the problem is, is that once you establish that the, that the government did this before, like, you know, because in my opinion, that's a form of chemical warfare. And I'm sure in the opinion of a lot of people who suffered both Americans on the ground, not to mention Vietnamese people, I'm sure that they would gladly take you to the Hague over it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident of it. Uh, I don't think you're going to get, you know, get there because, of course, the powers that be are not going to allow you. But that is a form of chemical warfare. But once that's established, how far flung is it for them to put Agent Orange on an airplane at 32,000 feet and say, hey, let's, let's play with the population and see what happens? I don't know if anybody has found anything else. I don't know if there's actual – the problem is, is what, how would you go about testing the chemicals, if the alleged chemicals, let's say, okay? Would you have mm-hmm. to fly behind in the jet wash of a commercial airliner or any kind of aircraft flying at that, at that altitude? How do you go about, like, okay, soil samples, sure. But soil sample, samples are very broad, aren't they? Because you're collecting, that's not just crap that's in the air. That's stuff that's that, the last stuff yeah. that's going to get to that soil because it's coming right. from all the fucking way up in the sky. Right. Um, go ahead. Oh, there was something you mentioned uh, it was before Agent Orange. But basically, like, what got me thinking about was uh, back when we still used leaded gasoline and how basically few people, mostly scientists, knew that it was having a horrible effect on people. And, I mean, we had, like, lead paint and all kinds of shit, too. And it all got phased out, I want to say, uh, between... I don't know exactly what year lead paint got phased out. Or not lead paint. Uh, leaded gasoline got phased out in the United States. But, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, you have all these cars. Was, anything... Think, what's that? I don't think it was until... It was, like, the 80s, I think. I Yeah, I feel like it wasn't... Like, grand scheme of things, not that long ago. No, honestly. not that long ago at all. But... Uh, you have any plane flying over, any car driving around, anything with an internal combustion engine that releases uh, these uh, products of incomplete combustion out into the atmosphere. And it's like, you probably, it would probably just look like normal exhaust, not even uh, contrail, chemtrail, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, regardless of its intent, if like they were like, yeah, we're just going to use this for fuel, uh, I don't think they had any plans on affecting people and their mental capacity or their general health they're like hey we can this is gas that we can use and it's pretty convenient but it just also happens to have a terrible effect on the environment and the people that are living in it and then in order to phase it out it costs a lot of money and the people that were in charge of it didn't want to do it because they'd rather spend the money trying to prove that it was okay for people instead of just going back on everything and finding a way to have unleaded gas It was January 1st, 1988, when they ended leaded gasoline. Okay, but like, so yeah, it's how much shit is like that, where it's just like a byproduct that happens to be harmful, but you can't really prove that there's uh, any real intent behind it. I mean, maybe there is. I, I have no idea. 
but it just seems like more of a kind of incompetence kind of thing, and then a refusal to correct the path afterward because it wouldn't be as cost effective. Right. I guess. Now here's so, here's where this once again there's a kernel of truth and a pile of shit. Now here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to the conspiracy, this is from the Telegraph out of the United Kingdom. So, once again, this will be in the show notes. Uh, proponents of the conspiracy theory offer a variety of explanations. It is an attempt to control global warming, according to some, while others cite far more sinister goals, such as human population control, which we mentioned not too long ago, psychological manipulation, and military weapons testing. The trails, it claims are to blame for health problems and respiratory illnesses. The, these claims took root in the 90s with the publication of a U.S. Air Force research paper about weather modification. The ability to change the weather isn't all pie in the sky. Cloud seeding, where particles such as silver oxide are sprayed onto clouds to increase precipitation, is commonly used by drought-prone countries and was part of, the China, once again, the Chinese government's efforts to reduce pollution ahead of the Beijing Olympics in 2008. Now, they claim the truth is that governments and scientific institutions have, of course, dismissed the theories and insist that those vapor trails, which persist for longer than usual or disperse to cover a wide area, are just normal contrails. The variety of contrails seen in the sky are due to atmospheric conditions and altitude. They say while grid-like contrails are merely a result of large number of planes that are traveling on the same well-worn flight lanes. Quote, the combination of high relative humidity and a nice sunrise gave the contrail a nice deep color as the contrail created its own shadow. And quote, explainer Lou Boyer, who captured the video that's in the link that will be in the show notes. So, um, I... I'm not sold either way because anything that has to deal with the government, is, I'm <laughs> skeptic is 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 a moderate uh, description of my feelings. <laughs> right. Um, but at the same time, we have. But and here's the thing, we have precedents already that uh, was it the Tuskegee experiment. Okay, we have yeah. numerous times in the history of this country where human beings have been used as test bunnies for government projects this is not i'm not taking a shot because i don't have to because it's happened that that this is real that's not a conspiracy theory so is it that far flung i mean Uh, i I see what you're saying yeah i'm sure you do i'm sure you do if you want like a more innocent i guess kind of anecdotal example are any of you familiar with uh, Sky Penis from 2017? <laughs> no. Please <laughs> educate no. me on the Sky Penis. Oh, man. You, you guys hadn't heard of that? No, uh, I also so... need to know about Sky Dick. So. Let's okay, have it. So Let's have some of that dick. Uh, I didn't think of it at first when you were talking about like pilots' accounts of any of these theories, I guess. But I did think back to... So, yeah, in 2017, basically what happened, it was these two... I want to say it was Marine Corps pilots flying over Washington. Maybe it was in the Navy. I can't... It doesn't really matter. Um, U.S. Navy air crew flying in F.A. 18 ground. Yeah, over Washington State in 2017. And basically, like, to super simplify it, they were flying around doing, like, a training exercise, and one of the pilots noticed that, like, hey, we're, uh, like... 
our trails are like more visible in this area or something like if we keep this elevation and like the burn rate that we have or whatever i don't know what calculations pilots have to do but they're like we could draw something basically if we wanted to and then one of them is like i have a great idea and so they basically it's like skywriting and i guess you could look at that as a whole but this particular instance they used their trail to draw a giant dick in the sky and it captivated <laughs> Every single person <laughs> in the area of Washington. It went. Snapchats are all over the place. Tweets all about it. Like you've got news articles written about it. Uh, a mother who lives in Okanogan. I don't. I don't even know if like Washington's weird to me. Uh, took pictures of the drawings and reached out to a news team uh, to complain about the images, saying she was upset. She might have to explain to her young children what the drawings were. Like it drew <laughs> outrage from all these people. So it's like they had some knowledge of what like how to uh, basically make these trails last long enough that someone would be able to see them on the ground for, I don't know what people call a usual amount of time for something like that to be present in the atmosphere. Cause that seems to be like the term that people keep going back to is like, Oh, just longer than usual. But it's like, that seems like a pretty subjective term, but I mean, this was visible for long enough and they knew how to do it. So I guess that speaks more to the scientific innocent side of it. Okay. Um, you know, once again, it, the problem is, is like I, I, I hate to repeat myself, but uh, we have documented uh, incidences where the state has done some sort of experimenting on human beings without their consent. Well, shit. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? So, therefore, any and I always think a healthy dose of skepticism when it comes to anything is probably the best course of action. I'm not sold on the chemtrail thing because, like I said, Alex Jones used to rant about it all the time. Like, they're poison. They're poisoning you from the air. Like, he would get so upset and, you know, tell people they're spraying the frogs you. Gay. They're making the frogs yeah. gay. Doing it enough with pollution anyway. It's like, do we really need to go out of our way to do well, even more outrageous that's, shit? Man, that's like, a great point. Like, we have the Great Pacific Garbage Patch that's the size of fucking Texas that's a floating pile of fucking plastic garbage. We're doing fine on our own. Yeah, we like, got this. We don't need any additional shit to come out of the airplane. I mean, I'm not so sure. And then think about, do you guys, think about how much shit has been put into the atmosphere that we're probably breathing and drinking and eating right now from every single nuclear test that the, that not only the United States has conducted, but, of course, the rest of the superpowers got, well, of course, you know, the Soviet Union's tests, and, of course, France and Great Britain. All the nuclear powers have tested something at some point in time. Well, that shit just doesn't disappear. I mean, it's right. still it's still present now. Of course, we're talking parts per million at some point in time, but nonetheless, still. it's still present. And parts per million times how many experiments or how many detonations. I mean, that yeah, alone it- right there. Isn't carbon dating fucked up or something now? Like, we can't do it? No, I haven't heard this. Are you serious? Oh, fuck. Uh, One of my friends was telling me about it. I never looked into it, but I I can... If you come back to me, I will try to see if some... He basically said that the second we started doing nuclear tests, we can't, like, carbon date shit. Yeah, I've heard this before, and I did do some reading on it, and because of the radioactive material... um, you know, as a result of nuclear testing and, you know, the bombs and all of that, like it taints the area around and quite possibly other areas as well with how they used to radiocarbon date is by getting radioactive because of the natural radioactive isotopes that are in things so that they can like carbon date it. 
it like screws it up so it can like so some things could be like way older and it's showing that it's younger and vice versa it's, it's probably of... showing that it's younger you know because they, they can tell by the half-life decay of the carbon 14 so um if they re-radiate it you know what i mean like that's why things are probably showing up order because they're re-radiating it so any sort of decay that happens once you hit it with that nuclear blast like you just it's like reinfecting the area with more radiation so yeah 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 that's the thing man like once again i don't i don't think there needs to be anything extra like like uh randall said we're doing just damn fine on our own <laughs> right you know on, on top of all the superpowers with our mutually assured destruction exactly um uh, I, I go ahead my thing is is like I'm just so fast. I don't know why that this just strikes me. I, maybe it's because I just, I love Prince, but I think that like, <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me that he was like, Oh, Hey, you know, wake up. And then like, he made that post and maybe it's just like all, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, maybe it's all so objective at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's, uh, like, oh, you know, maybe it was just poor timing on his part. You know, maybe it was, you know, this, that, or the other. But I just, I don't know. It's just always fascinating to me that there could be this, like, ulterior motive by somebody. And But then again, it's like, it's kind of like how we were talking about, Jay. It's like, I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. There's already enough crap going on. Right. And I'm just like, I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And that just gets sucked in and just, just but I'm also, like, morbidly curious, like, it's like the same thing I have with UFOs. It's like I'm just morbidly curious every single time somebody's like, I saw it, I saw it, or like, it's, I know for a fact. It's like without any like backing proof whatsoever. So, well, I mean, it, it's just fascinating to, to see how people react to it, I guess. Or yeah, I think that know, that's I fair. I, I do, Joe. And here's the other thing, too, though. Like, I've bitched and complained about UFOs and Bigfoot on this goddamn show for a year, okay? And how <laughs> every single sighting that we have of the Bigfoot or UFOs is filmed with a potato, okay? And right. this is in the modern era. ass image, no yeah. matter what, man. It's, Out of yeah. focus, wobbly as shit. <laughs> it is, man. Like, And it's like, oh, you, can't, you can see it. You can make it out right here. I'm like... We have 1080 fucking capability. I have a 4K fucking camera on my phone. Like, why aren't we getting? But now here's the thing: the inverse is that. Yeah, yeah, I got. You got to believe, right? Here's the. But the inverse thing is like, if you look up the pictures of all these uh, contrails slash chemtrails, crystal clear. That's the problem: is that for the believer, it's that confirmation bias that I can see mm -hmm. this stuff above me, and it's not dissipating the way I think it should. You know, and these, of course, here's the thing. It's a, it's a subculture, right? Like, it's part of the conspiracy theory movement. I don't want to call it a movement, mm -hmm. but community, let's say. Because I am I guess you could call me a conspiracy theorist because there's certain things I definitely believe somebody was up to no damn good in a big way. And there were multiple hands in the cookie jar. But I'm not a subscriber to this particular conspiracy theory. But they account for five. It's an estimated 5% of the population believe yeah. that chem like, that's. That's a sizable chunk of people. I mean, granted, it's still a minority, but that is a lot of people who are very convinced that they're being geoengineered, I guess, from the sky. So, and then the thing is, is once, like I said, confirmation bias. If you, you know, look up into the sky, 
you can see it with your naked eye, not to mention when you take photographs of it, you can get high-definition resolution of mm-hmm. these chemtrails, and they can be in um, – they can be stacked in like layers. There's layers of them upon layers where they overlap and it almost looks like a lattice in a way. So mm-hmm. once again, people who already believe it are going to say, you know, see, I told you so. This is what we've been telling you the whole time. Now, right. I, um, the thing is what would be interesting now, this is kind of, it's not off topic, but it's, it's in line with this. So, the area that we all live in, in northern Ohio, we have, we've had a, pro- a construction project, yeah, imagine that, that has taken decades, which is to put up what we thought were sound walls. And they are sound walls to an extent across the major highways that we have in the state, like I-75, oh, 70, 77, 71, 76, all of them, right? Okay. What I found was that a lot of that has to do with not so much sound, but dust from brakes that are from the highway. And mm. I, uh, there's a driver that delivers to my outfit who was, to, was from Florida, and he said that he couldn't believe how many uh, different services there are for mentally handicapped people. And I was like, I never even thought of it, because we do have a lot of them, and I thought that that was just a good thing, that there's a lot of different organizations that help people who are mentally handicapped. He says there's nothing like that in Florida. And, of course, I'm going to make fun of Florida because I think the entire population down there is kind of crazy. But maybe not, (laughs) you know, I mean, not in the way that, you know, people who are born with, you know, a deck of cards that wasn't fully stacked, unfortunately for them. And I'm not making fun of them at all. I'm just saying that people that were born mentally handicapped as opposed to people who like to fuck picnic tables while they're high on meth. That's an entirely different (laughs) thing. An entirely different. By the way, just take your birthday and type in Florida. Like, uh, your your birthday is January 1st. Type in January 1st and then Florida man. You'll get yourself your own personalized article of some crazy fuck down in Florida who likes to misbehave. And well, fu- that's because of the sunshine laws, where it's like you can—it's basically, or I think that's what they're called—it's public access to basically any incident that happens involving law enforcement or whatever down there that other states don't have. So it's like a different level of transparency. I love it. So it's like we just have access to all that stuff when really it might be happening all over the place. That's true, though. Spotlights on them. It just doesn't roll off the tongue like Pennsylvania man. Oh, you no, know, certainly not. Florida man just feels good. It feel it feels good to say it. <laughs> it's natural. It, it's natural. It flows off the tongue. Good. I think though too that there's something to that because everybody says California crazy. Well, I say California crazy. I don't know if everybody says it because I end up dealing with a lot of people from California or you know on the East Coast. Um, what do you mean? Like, are you talking about people from California that are like the laws? Like, what what are we talking about here? Um, so basically like people calling in at my job, like there people in California are crazy. And I think it has to do with the weather because when you have nice weather all of the time and you like, you feel like you're constantly on vacation, like bad things start to happen. (laughs) Okay. All right. From reality. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they do say that people that live in colder climates actually live longer. Like people that live in like warm climates, their whole life have like shorter lifespans. Well, you know. Yeah, but go ahead. That, go ahead, Joe. That, I mean, but just look at the sh- get, look at the movie Fargo, man. Like, lasted like two point five hours. And that's even stretching it. <laughs> well, you know, to Chris's point, that once again, I'm going to plug a book. It's called The Lucifer Principle: The Scientific Guide into the Forces of History, and it's by Howard Bloom. It's uh, one of the books on our re- uh, suggested reading list on our website. Uh, to Chris's point, he um, scientists uh, compared birds, for example, 
Uh, shout out to our friend Bird out of New York who was on the show this past uh, this past <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, what they found was tropical birds, you know, how they have these very flamboyant colors, for example, to attract mates or what have you, because that's how they evolved. Whether you see a lot of birds in northern or colder climes, do not they're kind of brown. They're more uh, they're more camouflaged. Also, here's another thing, too, is like these birds that are in these tropical climes, a lot of them are single parents. Whether as a lot of birds that are, and of course I'm paraphrasing from Howard Bloom's work, but the point was the colder the weather gets, the more cooperation that you'll see, um, you know, pairs of, of, of these birds that actually mate for life to take care of each other and their young because the conditions are so harsh it requires two parents essentially to take care of the young that they that they produce. So there, I mean, there's some, there's. I guess there's something like the the warmer it gets, the more you know. To Angel's point, to Chris's point, the warmer the air, the, the weather is, the more fucking crazy you can behave because you know the environment isn't so much of a threat to you as far as the temperatures concerned. Right. right? Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say too. Like with it being warm and that, and like in California, well, in certain areas of California where it doesn't rain very often because I had some friends who lived in California and then they came back to Ohio and they said every time it rained, it was like they were tracking the storm because of the mudslides and things like that and because it, it didn't rain that much. Well, I heard they're afraid to drive in California yeah. when it rains. Yeah, it's like a st- it's a big what to do if it just is regular raining like it is here. If it's okay. raining like that in California, it's a big what to do because it doesn't really rain that often okay. in, in certain areas. So it's oh, a no, big it doesn't. Yeah, it's they a, remind Oh, what? Go ahead. You go ahead. Rem- you go ahead. <laughs> Uh, no, I was just going to say, that reminds me, like, back in, like, the early 2000s, like, I moved out to California for a little while, and it never rained when I was out there, and that was, like, the day I came home to Ohio, it rained, and it was, like, you can smell it in the atmosphere, and it's just like, ah, oh, God, like, I miss that smell. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice. And so people, you know, the, you can be homeless and not really have an issue as far as freezing and things like that goes, and, like, maybe it rains every once in a while but it's not a huge deal you know, you know what man shout out to the fucking heroin addicts under the bridge by my fucking work man like those people are hardy motherfuckers like they will endure <laughs> the enti- like they could hop the amtrak to any sunny climb that they can choose to hobo it on and i'm not like i'm not shitting on them but I, you got to be really dedicated to shooting dope to stay in ohio in winter and fucking and kick <laughs> right. it outside because they got a little tent city set up by underneath the bridge, and those are hard motherfuckers, man. You see them dragging firewood and shit down the train tracks and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, yep, we're getting close to winter, all right. Here's the homeless folk. And mind you, down the street from uh, from where this camp is, there's a ministry that allows them to come in and shower and stuff and wash their clothes. Now, they can stay inside if they want to, but the problem is, like, lights out, it's like 8 o'clock, and there's no... There's no fucking drugs. There's no drinking or anything like that because those are the rules, right? Well, the people who are out on the street living under the bridge are the ones who do not like to follow those rules because they want to get high. So if your dedication, shout out to you, if you're dedicated to live in fucking Ohio in February in a fucking tent because you'd rather shoot up than fucking get it. And then, you know, I mean, shout out to you. You've That's dedication. But I was, going some, I was going some place with this whole thing. Before we yeah, got you were sidetracked, about how there's more mental, yes, uh, yeah, more more services for mentally handicapped folk up here compared to down in Florida, and he also suggested that we have a lot more manufacturing up here than they do down in Florida, obviously, because I think it'd be more tourist and agricultural. I would say, 
I think they have more cowboys in Florida than they do in Texas or Wyoming or some shit. Like they have a lot of like a lot of livestock and cattle down there. Anyway, um, but I think there's a lot to say for so even if we're going to take the chemtrail thing and do a soil sample, like we talked about soil samples at the beginning of this of this recording. How much of that is going to be from the fallout that's coming from the sky, and how much of that is going to be brake dust, uh, um, you know, shit that's coming out of the exhaust of the, the the myriad of vehicles that are traveling down the highway or the roads or what have you, you know, that brake dust fucked me up a little bit because I'm like, you know, that would have a massive negative impact on people breathing that shit in next to the highway. Right. There's no question about it. So, like, once again, we get back to what Randall said. We're doing just fine on our own, you know, putting shit into the air that we have to deal with that's getting into the bloodstream. I, you but know? I think it's more along the lines of, yeah, they do cloud seeding and things like that for it to rain. And, you know, there is that DARPA, which is also, you know, a weather modification, manipulation things. And when people start to do things, well, I, I shouldn't say people, when the government decides that people should start to do things like that there's always going to be like hey that's not natural that's weird what are you doing type of deal thing and it probably is weird and not natural i don't know what they're up to it's probably not good i mean i would just automatically assume it's not good you know yeah i i would say so too and there's going to be another article that i have here it's uh from weatherwarfare.worldatwar.info it's a document from a uh, T.J. Coles. I'm not 100% who Mr. Coles might be, but they're talking about the classified records that show from 1949 to 1955 the Royal Air Force released various substances, including dry ice, silver iodide, and salt into the atmosphere at high altitudes in order to induce rain. Um, so there's been a clear attempt from the several governments of this planet that have tried to use the weather to their advantage. I, I, you know, once again, it, I guess it comes up to what do you believe? Like, what do you think? I don't know. I'll leave it to the floor. Do you guys think that the that chemtrails are what the conspiracy theorists say they are? Do you think that once again, like we talked about, you know, before that there's a spectrum to where, you know, on one side it's a hundred percent a conspiracy, on the other side there is no conspiracy, and you find yourself oscillating a little bit between uh, between those goalposts. Like uh, uh, whoever wants to take it, go ahead. Tell me what you think. I think, I think that there's a level of, like I don't know. I'm gonna say that I personally don't believe it, um, but I think that you know there is something to a level of plausible deniability, like you know. Uh, this is a really obscure reference, but basically, you know, I always joked that the CIA helped create the Grateful Dead because of their experiments with, you know, acid sure. used to be to, used to like manipulate people and stuff like that. So I guess there's like a there could be a level of plausible deniability with it. Like it's so obscure. It's like, oh, they, they really take the time to do that. But also, like, as you've said, like we we have documented recordings of you know like hey people the governments have used this for you know various reasons whether it could be beneficial or harmful so i mean i guess it operates in the level of like maybe like maybe there is this level of potential manipulation but also it's like i don't know i just there's part of me that's still like i don't even really believe it um to that extent all right uh, Christopher, do you have anything that, uh, I mean, how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, like I'm, 
I'm pretty much in in line with what you said. Where it's and it's like you always have to like take into account, like you said, like even in the biggest pile of shit, there's like always a kernel of truth in there somewhere, and that's kind of what makes like all conspiracy theories have like a level of believability for a lot of people because there is like kernels of truth in there somewhere. Um, I just think you have to, you know, have the right kind the capability of critical thinking to be able to look at stuff and kind of sift through the bullshit. And like I said, there's always a kernel of truth in there somewhere. Um, and, and I also prescribe to the theory of, you know, never, uh, 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 uh Assign what you would to, you know, maliciousness of what you could, you know, with stupidity. So it might just <laughs> yeah. be, yeah, you know, it, it might just be plain stupidity. You know what I mean? Like there might be something going on where like the maybe the government genuinely thinks they're doing something fucking good with, you know, something and it's fucking shit up instead. Um, you know, and like you said, the, the United States has a government, or the United States government has a history of doing questionable, questionable shit, like in, in a very gray moral area, you know, you said the Tuskegee experiment, so it's like, there's like, like, you can't ever like completely dismiss everything, but, right. but you also can't just be like fucking pedal to the floor and be like, yeah, this is 100% truth, you know, so like, I, I'm the type of person that always kind of likes to like sift through shit and try and figure out like you know what's what's the origin of this if it isn't completely real like where where's that kernel of truth at because it's in there somewhere and i guess that's what makes me fascinated with like conspiracy theories and different ones and reading about reading about them because you know you you might find that kernel of truth in there somewhere and and then just be like oh yeah okay the rest of it is bullshit but yeah it's it's just you know like it just kind of plays to your curiosity I, I think that absolutely, you know, chemtrails can, could be real. Um, if the government wanted to do something like that, they would just do it. My whole thing is, it's like, I don't think that it they would, I don't know, I go back and forth because they can just do whatever they want and say whatever they want. But I, I think if they were actively trying to poison you, they'd be a little bit more quiet about it or package it in a way that didn't seem scary. And chemtrails in the sky are kind of, when you look up, you might think, oh, well, that's scary. And you, and you know the difference, like, between what they're doing and what they're not doing. And, and it's so, like, you may, like, get freaked out over it. So I think if they're going to poison you, they're just going to poison you. And you're not going to see it. Because that's what I would do if I was going to do something like that. I mean, I just kind of think of, what would you do? If you were the government, would you want to visibly show the, you know, unwashed masses, so to speak, that you're going to poison them? Or are right. you just no, that's going a great to, point. Are you just going to, you know, show it all over the sky? That I mean, but <laughs> right. they're so blatant as well to just do something like that. So it's hard to say for sure. But, I mean, if you're worried about that sort of thing, you're fucked. So. Why bother? Yeah. <laughs> um. Just to, uh, Randall, do you have anything before I start running off with more shit to say? Uh, I mean, I think it's more of like a, as far as conspiracies go, it's not like the biggest, most believable one for me. It's kind of more on par with uh, Flat Earth, and I think it's more the community that people find along the way that kind of helps them because it's like maybe there's some part of them that feels like they need to fit in somewhere, and this is like the outrageous thing that they need. And I mean, to an extent, every conspiracy is like that, but... Uh, for me, this one specifically, I just think logistically it would be kind of a nightmare to 
carry out. It's like the one that you always hear about the moon landing. It's like how many people would have to all agree to keep this secret because you have all these different departments linking up and sharing information and all these different people working on shit. Like you have people that are fueling the planes, you have people that manufacture engines and like put like just all the components that are involved. It's like, you'd think by now someone would have come out and been like, Hey, this is actually what's happening. And then like a day or two later, they would have shot themselves twice in the back of the head or something. Suicided. And I mean, yeah. they do, but there is, yeah, like a certain, like everyone else has said a certain degree of believability because it's like, we do have on the record, like times that this, it, other things that aren't so different from it have been tested to try and like control weather for warfare for the Olympics. And then you have other things like, yeah, we talked about MK ultra for a little bit. And then that made me think of a link to uh, something somebody sent me on Reddit where they, it's uh, British commandos getting dosed with LSD in the 1960s. And that made me laugh. Um, it's a very interesting <laughs> thing. If you want to see, we could, I could share it with you guys. Um, someone sure. almost chops a tree down with a shovel, but impressive. That's unrelated. That's just <laughs> impressive. Um, but yeah, so like, it's I don't know objectively if it really does anything beneficial for us to think about this kind of stuff because it's like it could be true, it might not be. But how much are we going to do about it? And uh, it's almost like even if they were doing it with good intentions, like think about all the bad shit that could come with it. Kind of like what we talked about as far as AI goes. It's like yeah, we could do all this cool shit with it, but it's like there's also a dystopian nightmare tied to it, depending on which way you want to look right. at it. A ass raping terminators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, like, yeah. Ass well, speaking of like dystopian nightmare, have you have you all seen the photo of like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and then they compare it to like what California looks like right now? Yeah, the, they yeah. fly the drone over and they play the music from the movie, and it's just oh fuck, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, it just like it gets me because when you bring up AI, I just think of like how creepy that would be, and like and that's the thing too is like I. Wow, I'm looking at it right now, Joe. That's fucking tremendous. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that insane? <laughs> and then, like, the first the first Blade Runner movie, isn't it set in 2020? Or am I wrong? It I might can't be. remember what year it was. It might be. I, I don't remember. I don't know. We can oh. do some digging. But it, like, it was so close. That, like, it just, it gets me. Like, it gets me really, really deep in the feels. Because, like, you know, Philip K. Dick is one of those authors that, because Blade Runner is based on a, philip k dick book and it just it catches me it's just like you know and again not to tie back into the you know the superior level of consciousness like george orwell you think like philip k dick because philip k dick wrote um oh the man in the high castle so there's like that alternate reality thing of like oh this could have happened or whatever and yeah i don't know it's just fascinating like to think you know yeah, while there's like that level of truth, like to where, you know, people people do want to be fit in with like-minded people, so they'll stumble into something like this. Um, you know, just having stuff like that, like oh, maybe, you know, I don't know, Ridley Scott when he was directing it, like had a thought about it, and it like, I don't know, he was like, oh, I wonder if this would happen, and now it's coming to reality in some kind of weird way. It, it, I don't know. It is wild. But basically, yeah. It just freaked me out when I saw that. I was like, No, it oh definitely my God. that's that is wild. And here's the thing too, from what I understand is uh, they banned uh, the People's uh, Republic of California banned 
like um, uh, burns to control the the growth. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not mistaken. If somebody could correct me, please. Where they yeah, they, it was they, the natives were they used to do controlled burns. Yes, and they that's banned the word. that, and now all this shit's falling apart. Okay, so there so the Native Americans who've been living here for quite a long time and learned how to live in the particular environment they were living in did a controlled burn of of the the foliage or the forest or what have you, mm-hmm. and then the communists decided that we're not going to do that anymore. And now they're dealing with a firestorm in California. How interesting. Once again, also, the... go oh, ahead. Fuck. I was just going to say Blade Runner. It was uh, 2019 for the first movie. And close it was enough. Los Angeles, not San Fran, but that's so close. Close so, enough. Yeah, oh. fuck it. Yeah, well, we're going to run with it. Um, Here's another thing, you guys. Um, I'll put this once again in the show notes. Uh, the transcript of the United States uh, Senate hearing on weather modification of March 20, 1974 does say that weather warfare was used in the Vietnam War. So it is 100% op- is Operation Popeye is 100% recognized as using weather warfare. Also, um, the we- weather, quote, weather as a force mor- multiplier owning the weather in 2025 was written by the uh, United States Air Force by um, a Tarnsey J. House. That PDF will also be in the show notes. So it's not like I understand the crazy people that are like, oh, look to the sky. Look at it. It's like they've got these patterns up there and they're raining shit down on us that are making the frogs gay. Like Alex Jones says. Right. Yeah. OK, sure. Fine. But at the same time, the go- even the, the own stupid government, like the Senate couldn't find a dick with two hands. Even they're coming out and telling you, yeah, they kind of used weather warfare in Vietnam. So. It's not, once again, I come back to that point where on one hand it's bullshit and on the other side, on the, the other goalpost, is that all of it's 100% true. There's wiggle room there. There's some oscillation there where, well, yeah. you know I what mean, I mean? I think like, the government, if, if they're going to do something and they, they have the capability of using something that would be towards their benefit and they feel like it's for the, quote, greater good, they're going to use it even it's, though it's going to be harmful against other people. Like, that's just how it goes. So I think, yeah, if they use weather manipulation in Vietnam, well, of course, like, why wouldn't they if it came out to their advantage to do that? Just like they would do it anywhere else, you know, for any other reason. Like, they could I mean, people actually thought they used the weather machine uh, the beginning of this year, or not the beginning of this year, but the beginning of the summer, too. Because that's when they were allow, allowing people to come out to the restaurants in Ohio. And then all of a sudden it got really cold. Do you guys remember that day where it was cold? <laughs> yeah, <just> and, <laughs> and like, it, I forgot about they that. Allowed, but that was the first yeah. day that they allowed people to go and be at restaurants, but outside seating only. And it was like freezing cold outside. And so people are like, oh, they brought out the weather machine so you guys didn't go out and do things, you know? That's hilarious. Well, do remember the weather machine for uh, – uh, Hurricane Katrina, because George Bush hated black people or whatever it was, that uh, I forget who said that. Was that Kanye West that said that shit on TV? And Mike Myers, the comedian, was standing next to him, like absolutely not knowing what to say after he said that. Yeah. But they said that uh, that George Bush had a weather machine and he used it to drive Katrina into New Orleans as a direct hit. So um, I'm not 100% sold on that. I think uh, you shouldn't build a city underneath sea level right at the sea. I, I think that's a poor choice geographically, but once again, I'm I'm not an engineer, but just you know, 
I don't think you should build a town or anything that's below sea level right next to the sea. I, I don't know. I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You were correct that it was Kanye and Mike Mike Myers because I, I pulled it up and I put it in the chat and I cannot believe that that was a thing. Oh, um, yeah. I remember it vividly. Ah, uh, man. Well, but, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Oh, I, I'm just... I'm just still thinking about all of it and just trying to process what all I read today. So if you want to send up another topic, go ahead. Uh, I don't have anything else. I actually want to get into what you're up to before we close out the show. I wanted to talk to you about uh, any kind of projects you're working on. I know you're a writer. You also do podcasting, and you're in a band now, a pop-punk band. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, that would be great and give us some of the plugs so if the audience uh, wants to find you, they can find you. Sure. Thanks, man. Um, so actually, before I hopped on with you guys, I was uh, working on a song that I'm hoping to put out soon. I got to fine tune it and do some editing and producing and stuff. But um, so for my just music stuff, it's just Joe Fizz um, and then uh, Third Shift Thoughts and Grist Home recently just put out new episodes for those. I find it really hard uh, lately to put out stuff because it's just things are so busy but there's a new third shift thoughts out it's about doctor who and the simulation theory which is kind of fun and then grist home um i've been writing a little bit more of the this second arc and basically the grist home there's grist home origins which is before the book and then there's and that's dealing with like the people who um you know are some of the like older middle-aged adults in um, uh, the actual show, the podcast. Um, and then there's Grist Home, which is the prequel to the book. That's in podcast form, doing uh, three seasons of that. And then that'll be like the listener prequel to um, the book, which I'm writing. <laughs> So I'm, I got a lot of irons in the fire, but basically um, the book is going to be uh, one of three. Um, I'm trying to figure out like publication stuff. I'd really like it to be in hardback or like paperback, actual paper form. But I know that um, digital is like a really big push right now. So if push comes to su- shove and I have to self-publish uh, digitally, I I will. But I would prefer to have an actual bound tome. Um, but uh, really enjoying writing the book. It's been a lot of fun. And then uh, the pop punk band were called uh, the Davis Beach Hookups um, from a like a beach near where we grew up. Um, so we're hoping to keep practicing and playing and uh, maybe have a show. Fingers crossed, hopefully in 2021. But we shall see. Um, I'm the drummer for the band. And I'm not the greatest. So, um, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's different. Um, we are, we were kind of really into like math rock, um, which is kind of this weird where like t- traditional rock is just like a four, four beat signature. Math rock is just kind of like anything goes like weird chord progressions, weird, like drumming patterns, weird, everything, even weird lyrics. Um, uh, a good example of this is the band called Mom Jeans. Um, that's a really what a fucking name. A okay, <laughs> I mean it's 
it, it's <laughs> I was uh, actually uh, before we even started any of this, I was like, what kind of examples? Because they were they, my friends really wanted to play like math rock. I'm like, what kind of examples do you have? And they're like, oh man, you should look into Mom Jeans. And the one song that we're that we're working through right now is called uh, Scott Pilgrim versus My GPA. And I was like, this is actually quite fantastic. Has nothing to do with Scott Pilgrim. Has nothing to do with someone's GPA. It's just like a flashy uh, title. So that's been kind of interesting. We've been doing um, like Skype chats for it. But um, yeah, uh, that should be coming out soon. There is a There's an Instagram handle for that. Um, I recently got up on Twitter. So that way I could expand the podcast base a little bit but um it's been it's been a lot of fun i'm really excited where i'm taking the prequel like the podcast that is grist home and not grist home origins because that's going to be like a after i'm done with the first grist home the second origins one is going to be like a more long-running one um that i can kind of plug different ideas into but um grist home is my my child and i'm so angry okay i'm angry at bethesda and here's why i had the podcast was originally called Graymore, and i love the name it was super moody it was kind of cool and then one day i was playing skyrim and i was like oh yeah like i haven't played skyrim in like five ten years like you know just running around running around i'm thinking that my name Graymore is like the most original thing that could ever happen like i'm like this is so badass this is really cool like I came up with this great name. Then I was running around through Skyrim, and guess what happens? There is a castle called Grey Moor, except that they took off the E, and I just sat there, and I blinked, and I almost, like, rage quit and threw my controller through the TV. <laughs> I was like, I hate you, Bethesda. Like, I have to change the name. I didn't have to, but also, like, I was waiting for someone from Bethesda to be like, hey, man, so we're – we're uh we're at a little impasse here because then right after I discovered that, the next day, the next online expansion for Elder Scrolls Online was, you guessed it, Graymore. And I was just like Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> yeah. So that was the that was the change uh that was made, but it's kind of like a like kind of like a Stephen King meets a little bit of like a little bit of like Lovecraftian horror. It's got a little bit of like Neil Gaiman tropes in it. So if you're into that um, and then third shift thoughts is basically me kind of doing what you guys do, um, but just kind of like rambling about things I think about while I'm at work. Um, so the, the simulation theory is a good example, but also like Doctor Who, because I love Doctor Who and I combine those two together and I'll either play like a little thing I write on guitar or like I'll tell a story um that's happened in life so it's kind of it's been kind of interesting so um but yeah that's kind of where i'm at outstanding i'll make sure to put uh, those uh links into the show notes in case anybody wants to take a peek uh christopher i know you got a show coming up pretty soon don't you uh yeah october 16th friday at the mcalpine meadery uh, if you guys are in the area, uh, I suggest you take your trip down there. The mead is tremendous. Uh, Randall, Randall really enjoyed the mead the last time uh, that we were there for a Shit punk slaps. rock show. Yes, and it. <laughs> <laughs> Randall was really enjoying himself at that show. We had a really Drinking great time. Bottles of mead. 
Oh, it was it was tremendous. I realized it was like twenty percent. Though I kept forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Angel, do you have anything before we uh, before we get out of here? I do not, sir. Thank you. Okay, uh, Christopher. Anybody else? Randall, do you have anything that you want to add before we uh, take off here? No, not really that I can think of. All right. Uh, well, I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank uh, the friend of the podcast, uh, friend of the host, Joe Fizz, for coming on. You can find him on Twitter at the Fizz Speaks. That's with two Zs. Uh, I would like to close out by saying hi to our international listeners in France, Australia, Spain, the U.K., Romania, Belgium, Brazil, Greece, Holland, Sweden, Finland, Canada, Poland, Germany, India, Russia, Portugal, Croatia, Puerto Rico, and Argentina. And yet again, I'd like to give a special shout-out to the friend of the podcast and the host, Mr. Sal Mayweather. You could check out his website, which is 3dprintergobrr.com. That's 3dprintergobrr.com. Check out his stuff that he has there for 3D printing. Uh, print your way into freedom. Also, shout-out to my friend Paul B. from B-Town. Yes, the Amish are a bit anarcho-communist, but it's voluntary, Paul, and we all know that voluntary is the way to go. Uh, you can find us, once again, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UseGuysPod. Uh, this is Jay, and I am signing off for the rest of the group. Thank you once again, uh, Brosif, for coming on and saying hi. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime soon, okay? Okay, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. Peace. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>